Well, hello, people. This is Idiots versus Idiots. This is a podcast where the big man and Danny, that's me, we talk about business and marketplace news. I'm going to change that someday, like just totally destroy it because yeah. we talk about so much more than that. Yeah, but you, know you insist on this uh-huh. business and marketplace news podcast. Right, and let me remind you that in our last negotiation, we had to sit down with three different attorneys at the same time. It's a whole complicated <laughs> process. And we ironed out the details. The big man is the primary, the largest shareholder in our venture here. However, I have one... 100% control over all the branding and marketing. <laughs> However, right now, we don't, nothing is the way I want it to be. Okay, you'll notice on our social media, go and follow us on Facebook, on, on Instagram, or it's not on Instagram, Twitter, go follow us. Um, we are Idiots v. Idiots on, on Twitter, Idiots vs. Idiots on Facebook. You'll notice something, spelling errors, you'll hear a uniquely, and you'll read a distinct boomer I'm not a boomer. You can but, jam it up your ass. I am okay. not a boomer. I apologize, I y'all. We're, we're we're airing out our own listen, social drama listen. here. Is is the big man a boomer? No. Does he talk, act, and behave? Is he, does he bear the spirit of the boomer? Absolutely. Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay, all I'm saying is, listen, folks. Listen, Valentine's Day is coming up. Right? Uh, this is actually, sorry, this is coming out after Valentine's Day. Yeah, you're coming out after Valentine's Day. So I just want to do one thing. I just want to take a moment, personal moment here. I want to give a shout-out to the person who's always loved me, always had my back, always been there for me, always believed in me, always championed my dreams. That's myself. I want to wish (laughs) myself a happy Valentine's Day. I asked myself to be my own Valentine, and I said yes. I swept myself off my feet. There's nothing more Danny than that statement. All right, I'm, that is going live to live in infamy. I'm going to clip that out. There's Thanks. nothing more Danny than that. So we are idiots versus idiots. So Hashtag what is I one idiot? Your Valentine's Day. That's right. So from one idiot to another, Danny, what are we talking about today? I, dude, I'm so excited. Uh, we have our a show favorite, a reoccurring topic, Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, um, he recently. Well, was can a, you talk about business stuff without talking about Elon Musk? I mean, no. Like, can and, you talk about it from week to week? So here's the thing about Elon Musk for me is like, I love Elon Musk, but I kind of I don't like Tesla owners the same way I don't like Macs, right? Yeah, Mac owners, people who own Apple products in general, or people who are champions of Apple products, people who are the appliance users of iPhones are not the same thing as champion fanboys. And I've always disliked electric cars, but I really do like Elon Musk. And what is fascinating is Elon Musk used to win the future. Well, Elon Musk is now launching uh, with a $99 pre-order, which the whole thing costs a couple. He is launching SpaceX's Starlink. Okay, so okay, so back up a second. He continues to win the future. All right, I again. There are certain things about Elon Musk that I respect, like you. I agree with the whole electric car thing and Mac users, and and we've had the conversation about iPhone users and blah, blah, blah. And it's their attitude. It's not the products you and I hate. It's the attitude of the users. Agreed. Um, And – but I – he doesn't always win. Now, does he – he has the uncanny ability. And, oh, by the way, this goes back to where his company started. Everybody has told him he couldn't 
since a long time ago. And he of keeps and he just he just keeps doing. He keeps just it's almost this will to make something exist. Because look, and they're not all brilliant, right? Like he no. still hasn't finished his tunnel of under Las Vegas. He yeah, still hasn't a, Yeah, but here's the point is what you said there is it is almost like that movie that came out when everyone graduating high school I was graduating and signing up for a multi level party the secret. This guy literally right. just says, So what we're gonna do is and then you go, right. <laughs> okay. But you know what? At this point then, he says then, something, you have to listen. And then a couple years later, I say I hate Tesla odors and I'm driving a Tesla truck. I'm driving mm-hmm. a cyber truck, right? Right. And so basically what Starlink is, is he figured out how to create satellite internet, low latency, high speed internet, linked to satellites. Really, satellite internet, nothing new, but the interesting thing about satellite internet is the way he is proposing that Starlink will function, that it has the uncanny ability to upend and disrupt the existing system of ISPs, which is the worst. So, well, again, let's back up a little bit. So Starlink, right now, released this week, you can go to, I think it's Starlink.com, or if not, you can Google Starlink and you get to it. And right. you can sign up like everything else Elon Musk does, from cars to solar roofs or whatever. You can sign up for $99 to guarantee your spot in line when it comes to your area. And it even lets you put your address in there, and it'll tell you the estimated, not that that's ever been a big thing for him to, you know what I mean, use, but estimated time. But right now you're talking about it's a $500 kit plus a $50 shipping fee. Right. Plus, I think the ninety nine dollars a month, right? So, right. so you you have to purchase essentially what is his receiver, right? And if you really get down into the nerdiness of it, I already get twice the speed that that the initially is going to come with that. Now, I say that it says anywhere from a hundred, hundred and fifty to two hundred megabytes per you know download. Right. Here's the thing, though, that will continue to get better, right? Yeah. What his investment is is in the two things, I think. Trend of cable companies, internet providing is their cash cow, right? Everybody's been cutting the cord for a decade now, right? Going to all the different apps, free TV services, and all that kind of stuff. I actually had a buddy of mine that made a decent living for like three or four years there in the mid 2000 teens right where he all he did people paid him three or four hundred dollars a pop to come out to their house and show them basically he was using TiVo right and showing them how to set up an antenna and how to pause and record live TV that they were getting anyway right and it was great kind of middle ground and people were loving it because that was less than they were paying cable for everything all in one month right Um, but so that so it's it's to take advantage of a dying industry and then two he's using old technology to do it uh, he's just putting his own satellites up in I think they just put 60 up this week right um, right and he's been talking about bringing internet service worldwide to these areas that don't have it and this and, funds that so and here's the thing is this is part of SpaceX. Which mm-hmm. in our, I think our one of our first or second episodes, I think yeah, it was one or two. I talked about how I believe that the monoliths that had been popping up all over the state, the world, mm-hmm. were 
part of a campaign to advertise SpaceX. I continue to believe that is the case, but with no evidence. No evidence to say that, but but yeah. That's okay. what's new. What? Idiots versus idiots. That's right. If you came here for for evidence, you're an idiot. <laughs> the show's for you. But what I think is brilliant is like he's going to the and listen, Elon Musk has this again uncanny ability to create a gold rush in an industry. Because mm-hmm. all he does is, and like I've made the, it's a joke, it's a meme, but he just like drives out to Joshua Tree, California, drops some acid in the back of a stream, uh, uh, trailer, and then goes, we're going to put satellites in the sky and create high-speed internet. We're going to bore tunnels under Los Angeles, traffic, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, which Dosakis did everything he was trying to do with a tunnel in, by just uh, spreading Dosakis. So uh, what... <laughs> What I think is really cool, though, is um, is the disruptive factor. Because we saw the same thing like you were talking about cord cutting. We saw the exact same kind of disruption happen where it's y'all ended up having, like, uh, I have five different streaming services. So, like, you know, what's interesting is he's going he's gonna to disrupt internet, the IS, ISP's internet service provider business. Again, I think we've talked about this country is like country, like most people have access to extremely slow internet. Well, most people do not absolutely. Have, you don't high speed in internet a, is not a given, right? Like a telephone line or or whatever else. Even though you could make the argument that in today's world, think of again Dosakis this past year. How many kids have gone to local libraries to get high speed internet to log on to school and stuff like that? There's been no greater show that the that high-speed internet should be a given in today's world it should be a, a, a you know and and i think the again we're not a political program but sometimes no nope. uh the regulatory burdens and the regulatory infrastructure that oversees governs and directs how isps are laid out and the comp creates a situation where there isn't a lot of competition then creates a situation where you have a high cost local service a lot of people have one or two at best competitors in home market internet service. This is going to create a situation where, as the world, the world can think, and more people. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who just took off and moved to Vietnam. Not Vietnamese, he's a six foot three tall white guy. Why did he do that? He can just work from Vietnam, and his cost of living goes to dang near zero, and he manages his mm-hmm. overseas. Works for an American company managing an overseas team. Now he's in their time zone. So it ended up being a benefit to everybody because workflow just sped up because we're not on a time delay. So what? Well, I'll find the link. I'll find the link and I'll send it to Danny so he can put it in the show here because I didn't even think this reminded me of the conversation. There was a story that came out this week about a 90-year-old man in California that paid almost $10,000 to take out a two-page ad in the newspaper, because he's 90, directly to the owner of AT&T because he's been trying to get high-speed AT&T. He's been a lifelong AT&T payer, like from telephone all the way up. Guy is a loyal AT&T guy and and can't get... the speeds that he needs or wants in the neighborhood that he lives in and owns a house in. So he paid $10,000 to the newspaper to try and get the message to the big dogs. If you're, I think what we're seeing in the 
Dosakis has created the situation where people are like, I don't have to be in one. No. Right? The grand and the the what was what was a gradual shift turned into an abrupt shift to I don't have to be chained to a desk. I don't have to be chained to this job. I don't have to be chained, chained to this state, city, my house. And what Starlink has the potential to do, what other companies don't have the potential to do because they aren't Elon Musk, right? And sure. This is something we talk about on this podcast a lot. It's not about good ideas, and it's not about the first mover advantage. It's about your execution, and Elon Musk just knows how to execute better than other people. If he can provide you, let's just say this, because one of the first things I said was, well, I'm getting twice as fast the current internet than he's providing. However, here's the thing. Here's the caveat. If I can pay Starlink, this let's just say it was the same, right, as right. what I'm paying now. If I can pay Starlink for half the speed, but I can then go anywhere in the world and get that same speed because I can only get the, the with the speed I'm getting, I can only right get within my house, the range yeah. of my house. If I can then turn around and like you said, we now live in the world and guess what? We've really lived in this world for the last four or five years. Sure. Dosake has kind of pushed us more like said, into it was, acceptance. It was, a, it was a gradual shift that turned into an abrupt shift. Yes. It was already but happening. If, we were already sliding down this mountain. Right? Right. We were already sliding down this slope. But all that happened is we just we just threw a jetpack on. And so all I'm thinking of is I'm thinking of my friends who work, who are American friends who live and work overseas for fun. Um, and I'm thinking of myself, who I have aspirations to not. I mean, I'm interested in like, hey, what does it look like if I wanted to go live in South America? For some well, people like Elon Musk, and, and he doesn't get enough credit for this. Never. And and Danny's not going to necessarily agree with me on this, but I think certain people, whether you know it or not, whether they always admit it or not, think bigger than just the aspirations of their company. They think about how this affects the world, the people that help them, whatever. And I think whether Elon Musk knows about it or not, he I, and I think he does based on some of the interviews that he's had or whatever, he knows that if you can provide internet access to the world that it changes the world a little bit not and even from a standpoint of people that use it okay people that are business imagine this danny i no longer if i if if i own a company which you know i do but if i own a company in austin texas my employee for the traditional last 30 years my employee pool that i can hire from is geographic Right. With this technology, once it catches on and everybody has some form of it, my pool then ends up from anywhere, almost right. anywhere around the United that, States, around the world. And, and listen, that is actually – I was listening to a different podcast about cars. The guy was talking about – he's like, well, we thought about getting an office. So these guys realized, like, hey, we hired in the middle of Dos Equis. We don't have the – like, no one is in the same place. So if we got an office, there might be two people in it, not ten people that were hired. Um, and I think that what to me is what makes me optimistic about it is I'm a guy who wants to go buy a ranch and live in the woods. Mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> but I also want luxuries in the woods. See, Absolutely. I want to be away from people but near the luxury. I want to be in the luxury. And one of those luxuries is fast internet. And, you know, that guy... In, that, said you know you spent a bunch of money kind of taking out an ad in the newspaper 
He could have just as easily probably called up an eighteen rep and said, "What is it going to cost to put the pine in? 20, 20 grand in some permits?" Well, but that was part of the story. Is is he's done that? Because here's the thing about here's here's a secret about is existing cable providers and ISPs that they don't like to talk about is it is less expensive for them to lay in new technology in new neighborhoods than it is to go in and dig up your stuff right it's very expensive for them to redo your neighborhood with a better service without laying in the newer technology that in this guy's case he's 90 years old god knows how he's long he's lived in whatever neighborhood he lives in and how old that is and it's not like it's wonderful level and flat either it's probably in the hills and everything else um there's a movie about this and jesse eisenberg's was in it and so was uh i forget her name selma hayek was in this film i can't remember what it's called but it was basically like they were trying to lay a fiber fiber optic yeah fiber optic connection from uh some trading center because so the, the the premise of the film was if I get this a half second quicker than the other traders, I'll make oh, extra Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, and see, and, you know, that's the wonderful thing about movies like that in the old days. You know, they used to have these hacker movies and stuff like that. Old days? Yeah. This came out like two years ago. No, well, but again, this these are all thought processes that doesn't necessarily work out in reality, but they make great stories if you don't know a lot about great, how things they work. They make great movies, yeah. The, you know what I mean? But, you know, I, I, look, I'm all for it. Um, you know, I, I think it would be good for people, especially in rural areas that don't have access. I would like to, I, I hope that in this particular one, he doesn't hit snags like he has in other business ventures that, you know what I mean, that don't work out. It seems right. like this is one of those things that because he's not using state-of-the-art of technology, he's not doing anything necessarily new. He's creating a network, right, is, in the sky. The, what, what? His disruption is his execution of this product. Right. So, with that, I do think, hey, this is a great time to bring something up. What's that? You and I are both sipping from... Oh, you, 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 you mean this? Luxurious can. Oh, it's, it's... Mountain fresh sparkling water. My friends, one of our sponsors today, and perhaps our favorite sponsor, I think it's fair to say... Is liquid death. It is. I'm sure you didn't know this, but over here at Idiots versus Idiots, we are death peddlers. That's right. We peddle the death of plastic pollution. <laughs> Not only does liquid death murder your thirst, ten percent of every can sold goes to end plastic pollution. And frankly, it is a superior water delivery system. Use code idiots10 on liquiddeath.com. Get 10% off order today. Mm-hmm. Now, this next story I think is interesting. Is, and you were telling me something right before we started recording. Why don't you just reiterate what you said, and then we'll talk about Walmart bet on advertising. Well, so I, I, I'm guessing that you're talking about the fact that I love it when big corporations, Walmarts, Amazons, whatever – when they, when, because you know, these companies make billions and billions and billions. It won't be far in the future when we're talking about they're making trillions and trillions, not billions and billions. And I yeah, love because, it when a company that makes that kind of money goes, right. 
oh holy crap we're missing out <laughs> we're missing right. out on a on on a trick or a way to make extra money or whatever it is and that's totally. essentially what this story is and you know in the past we were we have discussed mark lore the, the guy who had head up the mm-hmm. initiative to push one and you know one thing is when i notice an industry is flourishing one thing i notice is kind of scabby scammy nature that's up on. so one thing that popped up on my rise relentless um it's like oh hey learn how to make money selling on walmart.com because for the last 10 years right. it's like learn how to be a billionaire selling on amazon right and walmart is talking about how it's making a push it's going to be pushing into having more native ads on their site just like amazon well, here's here's the super, which I <laughs> there's only two ways. Walmart is essentially a middleman, right? Classic middleman. They don't make anything; they just sell it, right? They're a classic middleman. They buy it, they put it in their stores, or put it online. They sell it to you, the consumer. And being a classic middleman, middleman is a great film uh, with Luke Wilson. Can you? <laughs> Middle middleman only have one of two ways to make money. That's either the consumer by you paying more for a product or from the companies that they buy these products from. The beautiful thing about this, like Amazon, like other companies, is they're turning around and really sticking it to their suppliers because they're essentially going to every single one of them, and Amazon is notorious for doing this, is they're they're basically going back to every seller, maker of, let's just say, makeup and going, hey, you want to be the uh, makeup that pops up first? Give us money. You want to be the makeup that costs second? Give us money. You want, you know what I mean? And and I think what led to this, at least the article that I read about this, is what led to this is Walmart woke up and said, "Wait a minute. In 2020, Amazon in just this type of promotional income, right? Not of any products they don't already sell. Not of." Just from the people that give them products to sell, they made $5 billion, made up 6% of their income last year. Now, Walmart, that has kind of dabbled in it, it made up less than 1% of their income last year and was nowhere near a billion dollars at all. So here's what's interesting. You know, we often say on this program, nothing new under the sun. There ain't nothing new. Right. This is not a new concept. A lot of people are going to be like, well, it's everybody. Walmarts, grocery stores, HEBs, Kroger's, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they charge slotting fees. Absolutely. Okay? They charge, what are slotting fees? Slotting fees are simple concepts. You want to be, do you want your sugary cereal that's going to wreck a kid's teeth and give them childhood diabetes? Mm hmm. Want that to be at their eye level? Yep. Pay for that. That is premium yep. real estate. But it's what's interesting is that Walmart, I think, is probably due to Dos Equis is going, we're going to have to make a more push in digital sales. And you know what's interesting? I went to this store called Target recently. Familiar? <laughs> I say out of target. That is that is a different level 
for for me. I, I you can no. take the boy out of Minnesota, and you can also take the Minnesota out of the boy, as I've proven. <laughs> uh, but I still like going to Target. Um, listen, Target's uh, fruit aisle. A lot of pretty young women. Which is why I stay away. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Target has made a huge push in being a pick-up-your-order, like, drive-up. They have redone three stores that I've gone to. Well, I've you noticed. and I talked before about how retail, big retail, grocery stores and stuff like that should change over the next decade, right? And and how they're all going toward this model. And to use a football term, and I know Danny doesn't like it, but look, businesses, big businesses, are copy. it's a copycat league. If this business over here, in this case Amazon, figures out something that Walmart didn't, Walmart is eventually going to go, oh, holy crap. Uh, we need to get on that train, and then Target's going to get on that train, and everybody else, and then it just becomes an industry standard until somebody else figures out uh, uh, yet yeah. again how to squeeze again, money out of somebody. Listen, because they probably are starting to understand that one of their revenue streams, which is slotting fees in many of their stores that have grocery and other items, um, those slotting fees are going to start mattering less because the eyeballs are not on the shelf. The eyeballs are right. on the app. They're on the website. Why do you think end caps change every month or every two weeks right. or whatever? Those, again, yeah. are slotting fees. Companies pay them to put their products. On the right? end cap. It, All the stuff that you see on the way out of checkout, all yep. of that stuff is all designed. It's all changed and designed to be where it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's all merchandising. It's all and those slotting fees again. Like I said, this is just a digital slotting fee, right? Um, for a lot of people, for a lot of brands, if you can build, and that's like if you ever watch Shark Tank, if you ever go out watch an episode, of, mm -hmm. somebody has a physical product that digital, digital actually, they go, "What's your cost to acquire a customer?" Right? Yep. This is this is what that cost is accounting. For. Think, hey, I have to run ads on Facebook, run ads on Instagram, I have to run ads on Walmart.com platform in order to perform. <clears throat> so I go, I'm going to spend uh, $150,000 for them to see first and get me 150 customers, mm -hmm. have this huge cost to acquire a customer. But that customer then yields X number. And then in year three, we turn a profit because we continue to build a customer base. So that's yeah. Well, and look, this is this is a service that Walmart's not not um, creating. They have an existing part of their they're company. They're rebranding it though. They're, they're rebranding re it. It's called Walmart Connect here. And one of the things yep. that they're they're doing that's not just about okay, we're gonna give you you know first access, or we're gonna put here or whatever. One of the things, like everything else, especially since Walmart started its right $99 two-day service or whatever right. why does Amazon and Walmart when you sign up for these services not only are you paying but you're also clicking that terms and conditions button which means we now know everything you order and we categorize that data so if you go out and you you look today what Walmart connect what they're peddling just like what Amazon peddles to their people is not just preferred marketing but right. it's targeted preferred marketing and, you know what's really hilarious is maybe we've talked about this on the show before but i had a friend who moved his parents moved out of town so he moved into their house and they noticed a set of buying patterns 
started sending sister <laughs> that address. Started sending baby baby coupons to her, not realizing that him and his wife had lived there. And yes, she was indeed, in fact, having a baby. But it was before they had realized we're having a baby. <laughs> like your sister got all these coupons for baby stuff to our house, and you know she was else. That's weird. They didn't realize that the woman purchasing the house was because they're like the mom is clearly too old. Right? That's so that's, that's hilarious. It's, it's wild. But you know what? Look, because what they do, and Amazon is really good at this, is they take that data. So is Facebook, by the way. They're, they take that Scary data, and then good. they start, they, they call it preemptive, right? Preemptive statistical analysis. They they know when your birthday is. They know when your anniversary is. They know if you've gotten divorced. They know, and then they match that with all of these products, and they are very good at predictive analytics, if you've been yeah. divorced twice and you they know what products fit your you just got a divorce oh here's a whole slew of products we think you're going to you right. you be you know and they are very 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 good at that and that's where Walmart wants to get to because there's money in that when you can go to somebody and say hey i know exactly who your client base is so it's not going to come up on anybody else's. And guess what? In a way, it kind of saves that company money, right? Targeted advertising is always better than the, you know, spaghetti Listen, method. It's not just that it saves the company money, right? I'm, as an entrepreneur, it gives me an opportunity, right? When I cre- If I create a product to know that I can go to a company, I can go to a Facebook, Walmart, and I can say, I have this product. They can go, we know exactly who on it. Mm-hmm. Right? That's 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 how people have businesses, my friend. I mean, mm-hmm. that's so it's it's in a way it looks like oh the, 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 the big guy's profiting off of the little guy, but it is we're we're all a succubus attaching ourselves to a whale here. Right. It's all the same. It's it's the same amount of money just getting pushed around. Look, and here's what I wish I could – if anybody gets anything out of this story, and I've preached this in my coaching stuff for years, is is get go. to know – shut your face. And I just, get to know your let, audience. Let me grab a pillow. Let me grab a pillow. Shut your face. I'll make it quick. The point is get to know your audience, okay? Get to know your audience. Know who your customer is. Choose that customer wisely when you're choosing your product you're selling, and it, right. it, life goes a lot easier. The fact is, is there's not a single product out there that applies to everyone. This whole, well, everyone needs my service is a fallacy, right? right. Not everybody's going to use you for that service. It's dumb. Now, remember what the big man just got done saying at the beginning of this podcast, which is, we don't have a narrow podcast. We talk about everything. <laughs> <sighs> All right, before we get to the next story, uh, before uh, Danny bites my head off, um, our uh, let's see, who's our promo for this one? It is, it looks like it's uh, Big Man Gear. Big Man Gear is the big man, that's me. Ideas of funny merchandise, and Danny likes to say it. Um, I am much more of a brander than he is, so uh, he can just suck it. Um, big Man Gear is a uh, shirt brand that I created. It is every corny dad joke, uh, 
he's got boomer meme in here for me to read just because yeah. he knows I would enjoy that. Um, on the t-shirts for sale on Amazon Prime, you can currently buy what he calls the unimproved idiots versus idiots logo. No, unapproved, tea. unapproved, not in unapproved, whatever. I have a bunch of them on there that I enjoy. Basically, anytime I come up with a logo that I like, I put it up there. This is one of them. You are an idiot t-shirt that I created specifically for our wonderful little podcast here. So uh, go to bigmangear.com and you can get any of those big man approved t-shirts today. They got big people sizes. Uh, let's talk about the MCC PDC. MCC Cuban PDT. Cost Plus Drug Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to me like every wealthy billionaire now just playing a copying Reddit. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about this, I think, in a week or two, but you have, like, you know, everybody's jumping in on one particular app style right now. Um, and Mark Cuban is starting a, a generic drug startup with his name on it. Well, okay, so if you if you read the, the story of this, it actually, I don't know whether it appeared on Shark Tank or the guy, the doctor that created this, um, wh- something around Shark Tank-like. But anyway, this guy, this doctor brought this, this company thought process to Mark Cuban and some others. Mark Cuban decided not only to invest in it, and now that he's been investing in it and investigating the idea for over a year, Mark Cuban thought, well, the only way to get people to buy into this is for him to put his name on it to, to basically, Hey, I'm doing this as a marketing thing. Right. And the idea is simple. It's credibility. Right. And the brand that Mark, that is around Mark Cuban. I think that it's, I think it's just him being himself authentic. And I think it comes from both Twitter and having been on shark tank. And because Shark tank is the number one channel watched by one, number one TV show watched by families together. Really? I didn't know that. I, yeah, I, I've only seen a couple of episodes of Shark Tank in its entire existence. Um, I find it very formulaic and over and over and it's over-dramatized and, and of course. whatever. you know. And good for them. Hey, it makes them money. It gets these products in front of people that might have not otherwise had. Good for them, but not a big fan. Anyway, the point is, what's the idea here? The idea is simple. You no, know, because it was originally called OSHA's Affordable Pharmaceuticals, created by um, Alex Oshamansky. Yes. Um, and he cold emailed Cuban. Cold I knew emails it was work, some... people. Yeah. Don't, don't, there's no reason not to try. You got nothing to lose. Email's free. Because this was going nowhere under this poor doctor, right? This doctor had a great idea. It was going nowhere. He gets Mark Cuban involved. And guess what? They got their first product coming out this year. And here's the point. The whole idea is we're going to take – look, everybody knows the story of drug companies and costs of drugs, right? Everybody knows that there's diabetics out there that can't afford their insulin, right? And this doctor, if I remember right from the story, this doctor is one of them right? He's a diabetic. Now he can afford his medicine, but insulin's gone up so much in cost that he's like, wait, the idea is if you can get enough money and you can get enough manufacturing behind you, somebody that can manufacture a bunch of these drugs that are out of patent, right? Which drug manufacturers get 10 years, guaranteed patent. They can extend it, but really it's 10 years. So after that, the patent is open to any drug manufacturer out there. 
if you can get a manufacturer, somebody to create these, and they're, according to Cuban, they're going to take the cost of manufacturing plus 15%. That's it. That's it. So whatever it is, fit, and this first drug that they've got coming out this year, I think it's for ringworm or something like that, right. which is uh, a big deal in a lot of third world countries and stuff like that, that right. instead of $200, it's supposed to cost like 20 and, and listen, you know, if you're outside of the United, if you're within the United States and you've never attempted to get drugs in other countries, it's wild what we're paying here, right? Right. And that is, and that is, that is not to make a political statement or anything like that. That's just to say, you live in Texas, and when you live in Texas, you know one thing: you're paying six hundred bucks a month for your diabetes medication in Texas. And hop the border and pay fifty bucks for the exact same box of that. Well, it's and look, it's that Americans have money, right? And drug companies are are bound by the same capitalist rules as most people. If I can get you to pay, if I'm the only one maker of the drug that you need, I can charge whatever I want to charge for it, right? It's very it's very capitalist in its idea. Yeah. But when it comes to people's health and medications they need, like insulin or like uh, like. Yeah, AIDS medication or cancer medications or things like this. Or hey, asthma drugs. Right. Oh well, exactly. You know. By the way, you're... this illegal, this inhaler is illegal in this country <laughs> because it doesn't meet with EPA standards. That so actual buy... inhaler itself or the medicine itself? No, no. The so the delivery of the medicine, the the medicine itself mm-hmm. is public domain, right? Right. It's not under. Uh, that 10 years deal, but right. the delivery of the medicine does mean the EPA created a new standard, which would allow, which allowed the drug companies to go create a new patent. Right. I started the cycle over again because I was paying next five bucks without insurance. It was five bucks for my extremely necessarily necessary inhaler. Mm-hmm. And the government said, no, we have to, whatever the whales, um, the turtles. So right. It, whatever it was. So that created a new cycle where fifty bucks with insurance, and the, and and that that makes that allows pharmaceutical companies and big pharma to turn around and, like you said, go from five dollars to fifty dollars for something right. that the medicine itself didn't change. It's no. the same medicine. The, delivery. It's the, the delivery. delivery did, and they play those games all the time. I, sure I actually. Do. I spent my young career in pharmacy, and I saw this over and over and over again in medicines that would come out. There are actually big pharma medicines that they they find at very similar times as products. They'll put one out and put another one in their back pocket for two years because they're similar, but one maybe work better than the other, and they put it in their back. They shelve it like a movie. This could be helping people, and they shelve it so that they can come out with drugs in a certain timeline and things and, like that. Hey, this is this is not to diminish the fact that you want to sell a drug in this country. You have to get it through FDA approval. That is a billion-dollar process. Absolutely. You want and, to sell a drug in other countries. There is a pharmacist that has to dispense it. That's required by law. You know that. A doctor has to prescribe it. If you're, like I said, a Texan and you, you hop off over the border to ye old Mexico, there's none of those, nobody, okay? Well, but here's my deal. Again, 
you know me, I, I and you make fun of me this, and I say this, I am a capitalist, I get it. You have the ability to have a company, and if you have a product, you are allowed to charge whatever you want for that product, okay? With or without a conscience. It's up to you. They're, they're, it's not in capitalism. However, a Mark Cuban, a billionaire, has a, the ability in, in that do. capitalist system to come in and make the same drug that's not under patent, right that's perfectly legal and charge way less than you and what does that do to you it makes you charge way less in the long run because really mark mark cuban doesn't want to go out and manufacture every drug on the market no, through his he system care. he wants to force the hand of all of these drug manufacturers out there to compete because that's really what what gets prices and down and so what is interesting is you know we talked about this in the, in the last episode and i said we would you know, circle back to the subject. <laughs> and that is the fact that in the in these here United States of America, we have these things that I refer to people that I refer to as regular b boys. I call them just the regular boys, but they're billionaires. They're the Elon right. Musk's and the Mark Cubans, two people we talked about. They're the guys who want to go on Joe Rogan. They drink beer and like, you know, I don't know. I, I think Mark Cuban drives a Lexus, but I'm just saying he's billions of dollars. He lives in a huge house that he bought in Dallas because he got an amazing deal on it. it. Was I think the guy like took a huge loss? It was a ten million dollar loss. He just bought it for twelve million bucks. Yep. And he's a he is, despite the volume of capital at his disposal, he is more of a regular guy than than I would say a college professor. He I only somebody... I met him one time. I actually worked really? in the pharmacy as a young man. The pharmacy he used in North Dallas. Oh, okay. Him, Mary Kay of Mary Kay Cosmetics before they before she passed away. Basically, right. the the Richie part of North Dallas, right? And I met Mark Cupid, and and now I say I meet. He came in to pick up a prescription. It's not like we had a long conversation or anything like that. But right. what little interaction I had was that exact same. Just a normal guy. You wouldn't know him. Yeah. If you didn't know his face, you wouldn't know him from any other guy. I, I also happen to know that I work out at the same gym he does. Um, and they say, yeah, you, he's on the schedule for pickup games every, every couple of mornings. Good for him. He loves basketball. Yeah. yeah um, that's but, but so he's, he's going at this and he's one of those guys that it seems to be, he wants to take his billions of dollars and do things meaningful with them. Right. He keeps talking about this over and over and doing it with drugs. Hey, you know what? It, this has been a wide open field. We've been talking about drug prices in America for 25 decades. years, right? Yeah. For decades. He's the first billionaire to come in and say, hey, let's let's do this. Let's throw right. some money at this and, and see and what happens. So what's interesting is in this episode today, we've talked about two things. And, and two of those stories were billionaires disrupting industries by incumbent players that are not providing the best service. And I think that is an interesting dialogue to have, which is Mark Cuban has absolutely nothing to do with the pharmaceutical. He didn't make a billion dollars in pharmaceuticals. Nope. He made a billion dollars in tech. He made a billion dollars out of company from companies that don't even really exist anymore. Right. Right. Because they yeah. acquired his stuff. But I think it's really interesting that, you know, um, guy who co-founded PayPal and a guy who started broadcast.com are in these extremely, these industries entirely outside of the where they started. And in the article, like, cause I, I initially like, you know, there's that scene in Iron Man 
where uh, the one character is like, yeah, we're from the strategic homeland intervention something, and he's like, yeah, shield. Just... <laughs> yeah, you should you should get a shorter name. And he's like, we're working on that. <laughs> yeah, we're working on that. That's why I called it the TMCCPDC because the Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drug Company. But the the guy who created Oshamansky, I think that's I'm probably saying that wrong, but um, well, but he's still there apparently from what he, I read. Mark Cuban brought him on. It, it's not only Oshmansky is still there. Mark Cuban retained him. Oshmansky's happy that they're putting Mark Cuban's name on it, right? Absolutely. They understand that what it's going to do for the business and the underlying proposition is we're going to make probably millions and eventually hundreds of millions and probably eventually billions of dollars by screwing, by sticking it to the pharmaceutical business, which is, it seems to be 2021's theme, which is we're all going to get wealthy sticking it to people richer than us. Jam it to the elites, man. Jam it to the elites. And let me say it. Look, look let me tell you, we're, we're all sellouts to a certain extent, okay? If Mark Cuban wanted to put his name on Idiots versus Idiots, would be Idiots versus Idiots brought to you by Mark Cuban. Or yeah. Mark Cuban brings you Idiots versus Idiots. Put his, Whatever he look, wants. I don't care. I wouldn't care if it was MaxiPad. Idiots yeah. versus Idiots brought to you by MaxiPads. Okay, I Anybody. don't care. The point is, is we all, we all ha we're all sellouts to a certain extent. And I am glad to see that people like Mark Cuban even Elon Musk and hopefully others along the way have this ability to start doing these kind of things because it feels right, but at the same time they make money. So it's not just altruistic, right? It's not just, hey, right. he's going in, eyes wide open. Hey, I'm going to make money off of this. I'm not going to make as, money as, as and, much money as Pfizer, then, but I'm going to make money. And if he wasn't able to make money, he wouldn't be able to do it. Exactly. There's so, nothing wrong with again, making money doing good things. Again, let the anarcho-capitalist of this show, the resident economist of idiots... My ass, but go ahead. Let him remind all of you. He told you, this is... You can stick it to the... You can stick it to the wealthy elites and make money at the same time. And it's a meme, and it's a good time. And I'm just saying kept telling me you can do that, but look, you can't. And, you know, they in the article, which we'll have linked in the description of the show, as we do with all of our articles and sponsors, they mentioned Martin Shkreli, Pharma Bro, which the, the phrase bro in Pharma Bro is, oh. um, is it, yeah, it is, it's a, but go ahead. a slur. They're slurring him. Yes. And I just want to take, I, I just want on Idiots for Idiots to have a moment of silence uh, Farmer Bro did nothing wrong. Martin Shkreli did nothing wrong. We are Martin Shkreli. Um, no. No. Is... No. No. All I can say Finish is... Finish what you're saying very carefully. When when he, he when he gets out, I can't wait to listen to him on... <laughs> Before we jump into the next story, I want to talk about our last sponsor for the show. My company, Rise Relentless. Rise sells fun mugs, coffee mugs for entrepreneurs, side hustlers, everyone that dares to dream big, short and sweet, not going to be a long thing like someone else did it. Big man gear. Uh, so what are an example of some of these mugs, Danny? Are you going to pop them up on the screen? Is that what you're going to do? No, 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 no. I, I don't have any pictures. I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, I you pick on me all the time about my, you know makeup of art and i yeah. gotta say that there's a couple of them on yours that are lacking oh okay 
I feel the same way about your face and your entire decor in your studio. <laughs> can we just talk about this last story and get on with our lives? We can. Go ahead, Bubba. Uber used to drive drunks to their home. Now they are bringing drunks the booze. You sent me this 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 headline, and I thought, what in the hell is he talking about? Like, what oh. in the God's green earth is this man talking about? But, headline aside, this actually makes sense. So a company called Drizzly uh, was a booze delivery company. Now, what's interesting is, over the last year, again, we've made a lot of mention of 2020 in this program. Mm-hmm. Um, what one thing that did change was there was a lot of restrictions on delivering alcohol to people's homes. Those got mm-hmm. lifted for one reason or another, and it looks like they ain't coming back. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, because it's just like, well, why wouldn't? I mean, the the psychology of people shouldn't be able to get booze delivered to their house seems there's no logic to it because if I get would you rather have too, drunk people at home? I mean, well, I, and it's like, well, if you, here's the problem is like, we all, we have all had this phenomenon where you think you have enough and then more people show up at your party. Now you're half buzzed and you're like, dang it. I want all, I want a full buzz. And so now everyone's drawn the short string to see who can, you know, who can white knuckle this thing. <laughs> Who's less the- drunk to go get yeah. more alcohol. Um, uh, I, well, look, I, I I think it's it's usually those rules, just like the Bible Belt, right? You can't sell alcohol until a certain... Like Sunday. here in Texas, you can't get uh, hard liquor on Sundays at all. You know what I mean? And you can't get beer on Sundays till noon. And what are all of those rules? Com- they usually come out of fear. Like delivering alcohol, yeah. the fear is some 18-year-old kid or 16-year-old kid orders it instead of the 21-year-old. And those are all fear things. The fact is, is the reality is most people that are going to be ordering, paying the extra God knows what to get alcohol delivered, okay, they're adults. Okay, they're 30-somethings. They're millennials boozing it up that doesn't want, like you just said, don't want to get out, just bring me more alcohol for whatever yeah. it costs. I don't care what it costs. I'll deal just with that cost tomorrow. Yeah. Just get it yeah. here. Just get it here now. Right. And so what we're discussing, obviously, is Uber's acquisition of the company, Bisley. Um, How much is, was it for? I forget. Uh, I also forget. Um, it was an insane amount for a very small company. Yeah, like like Drizzly, it's $1.1 billion. Dear um it's a relatively is, small company. And exactly. They are only in 1,400 United States. But what's Ooh. interesting is... Mama. What's interesting, what's interesting is that Uber has gone on this, like, okay, they own Postmates. Uber acquired Postmates, right? Uber has Uber Eats. So it, right. it, it makes perfect sense. And, like, I was recently, like, uh, randomly with a friend and... Like, I don't really use Uber because I have a car and I live in a suburb. Uh, and, like, the transmission on his on his car went out and he had to get delivered back to the dealership because there's no warranty. So he pops open Uber. He's like, dude, you can just, like, use Uber as a uh, courier now. Like, Uber's like, we'll move anything. Yeah. Well, People, it- booze, an undescript box with who God knows <laughs> what in it. A, a hey. rolled up. A rolled-up Persian rug with a lot of, like, what seems to be, like, blood. Well, 
hey whatever you know you know will john wick it i don't care the the point is 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 this is what i i said when i said this is a good move for uber uber like any company we've talked about it you need to grow you need to mature you need to be nimble right this all makes sense for uber this all makes sense to just go okay we used to just carry people around we we disrupted the taxi industry but we've got all these people out here willing to do whatever. They're driving around anyway. And you add in Doseke's 2020, which their delivering people around was way down, right? You got to make up that income somewhere, right? So why totally. not make it up? Deliver Uber Eats was a great success. So successful that it created a spawn of everybody else. Right, right, doing it, and then you add on. Okay, wait a minute. Drizzly's got these existing customers. Because really, what did they buy? Because they've already Customer. said they're not keeping Drizzly's platform. They're going to incorporate it in Uber Eats. They right. bought their audience. They bought their existing customers. That's what they bought. Yeah. And then they're going to add in. They, they're talking about adding in grocery stores, which I guarantee. A company like Uber that already has the contractors, already has the drivers, can go to an HEB and go, hey, I know you're looking at, which HEB has already said they're looking at buying, like, as soon as non-driving cars are a thing, they want to get a fleet or whatever. But until then, a company like Uber that already has the drivers goes to an HEB, they go to a Walmart in certain areas and go, hey, instead of getting your own drivers and taking care of all that, why don't you sign a contract with us? We'll provide it. You use our right. app. We'll come get it and we'll deliver it. You know what I mean? I, I you know, sp- you know, we talked about Walmart today. And speaking of Walmart, and speaking of you know Uber, there was I remember a story not too long ago that Walmart said they were setting up a system where the drivers can make money on the way home. Say, hey, where do you live? And the dr- mm-hmm. the, the workers will become ten ninety nine delivery drivers on their way out of the pull their shift and then they're going to go be delivery drivers look any way to look any way to finagle it look the the, the point is and i've already seen this gal who works at my taco stand that i go to every week i don't eat there though um carbs i don't ever um (laughs) dr atkins uh but she's like yeah i'm quitting my job because you know the job doesn't pay me as much as I go out on the weekend and I can make just as much money delivering Uber Eats, Postmates, owned by. Them. And um, it's really interesting because that's like going to be that continues to be a thing. And for some people in certain areas where there isn't a whole ton of competition, that's a legitimate opportunity. Well, and depending on the area you're delivering to and stuff like that, look, you can make some money off of some of these areas that, look, the fact is, is there are certain categories of people that live in certain areas of places that have more money than they need, and they will pay out the nose to have where they don't have to do anything, the service that they've Let me tell you something. I am not one of those people that has more money than I know what to do with. I have enough money, and I know exactly what to do with it. <laughs> I'm also one of these people who, and it, it, I think it's, I, I mean, race trauma might be on there, but uh-huh. we all know the trope about Indian men being my father. So I was always one of those people. <laughs> so I'm the opposite, which 
there's some way, like, can we make this more convenient and the money, mm-hmm. right? So I've always had, and it's always that dichotomy and that relationship. I work so dang hard to give you opportunities, uh, but why are you now taking advantage of them and living better? Because, like, you know, I'm so cheap. Like, no, well, the whole point was to make a system where I could be, you know, do what, you know, have live a little better, you know? So the I value of it. Been, the value of it, right? I mean, people used to... I remember a time when people used to balk at... Because originally, delivering pizzas, pizza companies delivered them for free, right? It was kind of part of the... And then when pizza companies started delivery fees, I'm old enough to remember when company they started... To, like, people went nuts. Oh, wait a minute. You won't pay $3 for you know what I mean to deliver your pizza and now you fast forward 20 years and it's like I don't know last time you had something delivered to your house from like a Uber Eats or something like that it's not cheap right no, but people not. will pay and then you add on tip and that's where these people really can make yeah. a lot of money, money is these people so, will tip an insane amount of money he uh you know, a long time ago I hurt my foot a couple years ago was when I was in Austin and I couldn't it was I lived under the third floor of an apartment those of you like when I first moved to Austin I got an apartment on the third floor and then uh, when I you know, and then I flew in signed the lease and check out the apartment back I was asking the leasing office I'm like hey where is the elevator so I know elevator talking about apparently they didn't have one so I learned the hard way but I'm just saying, like, I, you know, I, I, like, there was, I didn't, I didn't even have the money, but it was like, well, better than not having groceries, right? Right, right. So, and, well, but I, I don't think that's most people that are no, using Uber Eats. I think it's more of a convenience app, obviously, and people will pay out the nose for it. Do you remember? Listen, um, let, me, let me give you an example, okay? My dad is one of these people, like I said, I love the man. He is. Not he is beyond thrifty, he's cheap, but as he's gotten older, he's mm-hmm. I'm just gonna spend the money because there's no dang point. But but what I'm getting at is he was one of these people, he's like, nobody needs a smartphone. Then he got a smartphone, he's like, Well, you can have a smartphone, but nobody needs internet on their smartphone. Now who's scrolling on their godforsaken iPhone every two seconds? This I'm guy. just like your dad. I, I I dragged along, don't need a smartphone, don't need the don't internet need, on the smartphone, don't need don't. unlimited texting. Yeah. But the point is, I don't need high-speed internet. Like, at some point in time, you just accept. You come to accept the convenience that comes with it, and you just overcome that cost objection, and it's just built into your life. I think this is another thing that's benefited from Dos Equis 2020, right? Yeah. I mean, having totally. food delivered, having stuff having like that delivered. delivered. Listen, my friend, they closed basically everything. But what was open? What is a necessary? Because everyone understands, you take their booze away. Oh, absolutely. Your problem. Absolutely. So, I just think it's really interesting. Is like Uber is actually working towards this thing called profitability. And in Silicon Valley, the concept of having a business that makes profit, wacky apparently. Down in Texas, we have this kind of make money. I think what leads Uber to profitability and stuff like that is like most companies, they figure out, 
get paid by the companies that have money. So there'll they'll be these partnerships. And you've already seen it. Like there's certain restaurants here in my area that I can go on to, order online. They, they say they deliver, right? And what they're doing is contracting it out to, to whatever, whoever, Uber Eats or whatever. But it's all wrapped up in my bill that I pay the restaurant. There's not a separate app. They're the ones, you know, sending that to Uber Eats or whoever it is, Grubhub or whatever. And the restaurant's handling it and the restaurants pay out the nose. I'm still tipping the driver, but I'm not paying this right. separate fee, right? And, that, and like the concept that it's just baked in, listen, well, the cost is... The cost is still there, but when you bundle it, just it doesn't feel as bad. Exactly. When you start line iteming, people get nerd. They don't like it, right? They don't like the fees when you line item it. But right. when they just see a big total, they don't care. It's like a Spirit flight. By the time you're done with a flight on Spirit, it costs you as much as getting on a first class Delta flight. You might as well have just gone on Delta, right? It wasn't. Then you would have left on time and I don't know arrived. Every, Do you remember? Every time, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish it. No, thought. I was just saying every every Spirit flight, like getting on Malaysia flight MH270. Like you don't know if you're gonna get there. Might get lost in the in some <laughs> vortex of another I, universe. I don't fly anything that requires that kind of risk. Do you remember? And you may not be old enough, but the Probably first not. time that the, a, a major pizza place started delivering through the internet. Do you know the first company, the first major franchise that started actually? You able to put your, not call, but place your order on the internet, which which one it was? I would franchise. guess it would be Domino's. I don't remember. It was Domino's, and they premiered it, and we talked about this in last episode, product placement. They right. premiered it in a movie. Do you remember the really? movie? No. Sandra Bullock. I oh, believe it net? was called The Net. Yes. She was that. She played a character that was one of those, you know, hacker type intelligent right, right, right. IT people that never wanted to leave the house. Right. And in the first part of the movie, one of the first things she does is, oh, here pops up the Domino's web page and she clicks a button and here comes the Domino's pizza guy. And right. it was like, I remember seeing that in like on the big screen going bullshit, bullshit. Really? That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I tell you a lot of what's going to happen in the future, and you never believe me. But that's what's true. New? That's true. But, that's true. Yeah. So I, I just think it's fascinating that it's like that Uber still exists. Okay. Good for them. I for cannot being comprehend nimble. how a business loses billions and billions and billions of dollars. Well, because they didn't lose billions of dollars. This, this is, this is. This is an accounting thing. People, this is one of the things I wish that we could make simpler and more for publicly traded companies, more, uh, what's the word, where you see? Transparent. I wish we could would change a policy to make things more transparent because the fact is, is Uber wouldn't exist if it actually lost billions and billions of dollars. Of course not. Okay? It's it wouldn't exist. Trick, it's an accounting is, trick. Well, the, and the point is... It, I mean, the point is the accounting tricks money and but if it really was it wouldn't exist anymore it would be gone and we all know that it, that they it's will find a way money, to but profitability it's, not it's losing money but it's not insolvent. right 
So, but again, tra it, to me, transparency, you would get rid of a lot of those quote-unquote tricks, and you would see really how companies are succeeding and that kind of stuff, which, again, a different, completely different subject. They probably but, have a K-1 filing out there that you could pull if you want to read it. But. Yeah, but that, they're going to continue to exist because they're doing the things to exist, which is listen to your audience, add on. Look, it's costing, yes, $1.1 billion to acquire this company, but as far as changing, their drivers are still the same. They're just sending Joe Bob to go pick up alcohol too, as well as the Buffalo right. Wild Wings. So yeah. they're not changing their model. They're doing exactly what they've been doing and just making more no, money so doing I just, it. I just think it's fast. I mean, I, I think the, the if you can hear that sucking noise, that's Uber buying everything. They're just sucking it all up. They're trying to buy market share, right? Because I think what they're afraid of is a company, just like the last article we were talking about, Mark Cuban going into the pharmaceutical industry, I think what they're afraid of is Walmart, Amazon's already started buying its own trucks, its own fleets, its own stuff like that. I think what they're afraid of is these bigger companies push them out. Because if Walmart just decided tomorrow that it was going to create its own delivery service, or yeah, an Amazon, so. which has yeah. already kind of started their own in er, yeah. you know urban neighborhoods and stuff like that, their no, own listen, delivery it, service. It, listen, it, Amazon's logistics business is um, in on the the unrealized, yeah, meaning the marketplace not comprehend the intrinsic value of that logistics service. They don't understand how valuable it is. They have fleet of drivers, of vans running around that can deliver door to door. And warehouses. And the thing that people don't understand, and they don't care to, and I don't blame a lot of you, but you, you click a button. You, like you said, what was it, last episode we were talking about this, and you were like, you were getting stuff in one day, right, where I'm getting it into. The logistics of you clicking a button on your screen it getting pulled from a shelf, it getting boxed up, shipped, and to your door within a day is insane. Right. It's insane. I and get they some can, stuff in a day, but most everything is two days. It, it doesn't um, matter. The Two days, three days. The fact that you yeah. get it inside the week is insane. I Because I still remember when I bought an MP3 player on eBay.com. Electronicbay.com. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... It, it showed up in three weeks. I'm like, so wacky, dude. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks ago, I just went type, 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 type on my, on my screen. Now I have this thing, and I can put 20 songs on it. It doesn't, I mean, it was wild. Well, and, and then you fast forward, again, going back to the Uber thing, like you said about your dad, your dad, in a such way, as you get older and you get wiser, and especially if you do, uh, you know, your dad does a pretty good living, makes a pretty good living, right? And sure and that kind of stuff. You start I don't know, looking, but I'm sure he does. You, you start looking at things like time versus effort versus cost of money, right? I can pay Uber Eats, let's just call it a $20 bill. I don't even know what it is. But yeah. I can pay Uber Eats a $20 bill to deliver alcohol to my party, right? To That, that I'm already having, that I'm already half gassed at. Not yeah. that I, I don't drink. But you know you, know, you get my point. Exactly what you're it's saying. worth every single penny. It's worth every single penny. And, you know, right now, as Austin's experiencing Texas, Central Texas in general, it's cold. Uh-huh. Okay? And unless you're gonna double, unless you're gonna, you know, double up on your britches there, 
I'd rather have somebody just come deliver it, man. Like absolutely, you know. absolutely. And you know what? An Uber. I think that's why you're seeing them. Like I said, buy up this market share of these smaller companies. Even though I don't understand where they're getting these valuations from, I, I don't understand what no, they paid for Postmates listen, man, and what they the paid valuations, for Drizzly. Listen, the valuations of Postmates made sense. Valuation of these businesses is is part of it. Is I think is the psychology of the market and part of the psychology of the market is when a drizzly competitor or a drizzly type business that might exist right now if lyft or amazon or walmart any other competitor wants to come purchase them to compete because they go hey they bought drizzly we can throw gas in the fire of this other competitor boozehound or whatever the heck it's called right whatever now that there's a 50x multiple of revenue or whatever the heck the multiple was that company can go to whomever and say, hey, you got to pay this much because they paid that much for that. And what's what that, that the psychology of the market, what ends up happening is that creates a scenario where Amazon or whomever does buy it and they'll end up overpaying. Right. Like I got buddies who are in the car auction business and they're like, dude, the psychology of some guys is like, I'm going to bid something up. And I'm going to drop it on somebody's head. I'm going to force so. them to overpay. And I think that's what the psychology is of a lot of these acquisitions is they don't, they know they can't discourage, they can't buy everybody up because of regulatory burden, right? Right. They love to roll up all of them, right? They can't do. So instead of rolling all of them up, they're going to force everyone else to pay more because they know they can afford to pay more. Uber can afford to pay more, but Lyft might not be in the same situation because Lyft is only now getting into food delivery and they're doing it in an entirely different model than it else. I, I don't see Lyft, honestly, I don't see Lyft making it. Now I'm making an assumption. I just don't see Lyft making it. They don't seem they've always seemed like they're behind on everything. You know what I mean? So I, I just don't see Lyft I, I don't see Lyft, at least as far as a big company, they may have pockets where they were the first to market and they really control that market and that kind of stuff. Right. But but as far as being a, a really big player, I mean, is it even in the same category as Uber anymore? I mean, really, from a nationwide standpoint? I, I think that in the eye, in the, the heart of the consumer, there is a real, like, feeling that Lyft is the better company. Really? Sure. There's a feeling that Uber is this full conglomerate that follows human souls, and they have all of these, they had all sorts of problems with founder, Kalanick, all these accusations hmm. all over the world. The feeling is that think just isn't Lyft. We'll see, though. Listen, they are the stalwart competitor in the business because... Without Uber and Lyft, it's like there's only going to be Uber, right? And the reality is, who really cares? Because it's the same guy showing up in the same sneaker polo. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, and I'm speaking about this from the outsider. I'm going to leave that to you. You've never used these services. I've never How used either one of these services. I My wife has, I think, only used the service one time. Um, you know, one girl's weekend kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know that I, I don't use either one of these services, that kind of stuff. I do know in the neighborhood that I live in, there's a guy that lives here in the neighborhood that does essentially this, but does not drive for Uber or Lyft. He delivers food and anything else you want him to pick up and makes a very good living out of it 
just in this neighborhood. This this really just this People geographic just within ten or fifteen minutes of where I yeah. live. This neighborhood and the the adjacent neighborhoods. He makes a very good living at. I don't even remember what it's called, but he's got some brand for it. And, yep, people just text him, say, hey, can you go, you know what I mean, get Taco Bell for me or whatever. And he goes and gets it and charges. I don't know what he charges, but it's bucks. it's not anything crazy. And that's what he does. And he'll deliver huh. anything. He'll, he's will he got a truck. He delivers stuff from Home Depot. It doesn't matter, right? And he charges yeah. fees for it. Makes a very good living. Works, you know, when normal hours. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. And so, and you don't have to download any app. You don't have to download. All of his marketing is by the people in this geographic area. Again, wouldn't work on a large scale, but as far as for him, is his own income. And listen, people, scale is interesting, but for some, for some people, entrepreneurship going to look like I just drive my truck around and I pick up stuff and I deliver. People, that's how I make a living. And for a lot of people, um, I think maybe they get discouraged from engaging in entrepreneurship because they're like, dude, I don't want to go have a business with employees and ability. That's me, right? That is totally, yeah. I don't want But the concept of you can go have a solo career where you just do whatever you want, whenever you want, and occasionally get your buddy Big Man some Taco Bell. That seems reasonable. Hey, I tell you what, when when my wife told me about this guy, then I met him, and he's a good guy and all this kind of stuff, and him and I talked about his business a little bit, I actually uh, thought then and there, I was like, if my kids were, you know, my, I have three boys all within 13 months of each other. If my kids were 17, 16, and 16, instead of mowing lawns, go work hell, for this guy. Just, well, not even go work for him. Just do the same thing. Exactly. Just do the same exact same thing. Three of you deliver, right? Deliver stuff, you know, use the family vehicles, go deliver these things, right? On the weekends, on the evenings, whatever. Well, and shoot, that's... you just, you put one of them behind the wheel and you put the other two out just making the run. So they're going into the store, making the runs into the house makes perfect sense. Uh-huh. And forget mowing lawns. Forget mowing lawns. Totally. This is the yeah. new, right? You know this what I mean? This is the Why new not? mowing lawns. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Well, big man, do you have anything else, or can I, you know, I have an investment tip for everybody I'd like to close the show on. Have some. <laughs> this investment tip has nothing to do with me. I know nothing about this. And uh, if you take Danny's advice on this investment tip, you are at your own risk but there. So go ahead. Well, I just want to let everyone know in 2022, pages and beepers are going to make a huge comeback, so invest in them now. You're so full of crap. You are a complete idiot. And for Idiots versus Idiots, my name is Danny, and I'm signing off. All of the things that we have said are fully endorsed by Big Man. Uh, have a nice day, everyone. <laughs> we'll see you next time, folks. <laughs>